I'm Janet Machen with Machen & Sons Farms in Lampasas, Texas. You're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Kerry Martin. Hello, Texas. We are once again locked, loaded, and ready to roll with another edition of Texas Ag Today. So why don't you jump on in with me and buckle up. We're going to take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, right-to-farm protections are moving forward in the Texas legislature. The Texas House of Representatives has passed two bills and a proposed constitutional amendment to do just that. We'll have more on that coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the Piney Woods of East Texas to the Rocky Ranges of the Trans-Pecos. And from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. Knowing what you should do when receiving springtime severe weather alerts. I'm Tom Nicoletti and I'll have more from the National Weather Service on Texas Ag Today. Rain continues to elude most of us here in Central Texas. This is Dr. Shane McClellan, and I have more for Wake Up. Most agriculture producers in the Texas High Plains are involved in growing crops or raising cattle, but there are exceptions like beekeepers. I'm James Hunt, and coming up on Texas Ag Today, we'll talk about going into business with bees. We'll have those stories plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. The Texas House of Representatives has passed three measures to protect the right to farm here in the Lone Star State. House Joint Resolution 126 will allow voters to add a right to farm protection in the Texas Constitution, while House Bill 1750 protects agricultural producers from city zoning and regulations that prohibit or restrict farming and ranching when there is no real threat to public safety. The third bill, HB 2308, protects pre-existing agricultural operations from frivolous nuisance claims. All three bills will now move on to the Senate. Corn planting is right on schedule here in Texas with 61% of the crop now in the ground, according to this week's Texas Crop Progress and Condition Report. Pioneer agronomist Ron Joyner works a territory in central Texas. Planning progress on corn is really made us in this area. I know our friends up in the Panhandle and out in West Texas, you know, they're maybe not getting started yet, but they will be soon. So we're well on our way. You know, sorghum's going in the ground. We're probably about 70% planted on sorghum now. 70% there in Central Texas, 48% of the sorghum planted statewide. Joyner says the 2023 crop is off to a great start in his part of the state. I'd say, Kerry, this is probably one of the best starts we've had probably in the last five years. So I think I'm optimistic about how we've got the crop in. The stands that we've got so far have been good. We did have a little bit of freeze injury in a couple of places that uh, that caused a few replants, but nothing severe. I think we're off to a good start, and I think we've got a a lot of potential out of us. Pioneer agronomist Ron Joyner in Central Texas. 
An American Farm Bureau official isn't buying EPA Chief Michael Regan's defense of the agency's issuing its December WOTUS rule ahead of a pending Supreme Court decision on waters of the U.S. American Farm Bureau Senior Director of Government Affairs Courtney Briggs. Significant nexus is a cornerstone of the Biden administration's WOTUS definition. So there are aspects of this rule that can survive after after a second decision, but when the cornerstone of it really is up for question, a lot of work is going to have to be put into making revisions to this. The Supreme Court is considering the definition of a water of the U.S. based on a land features connection to a navigable waterway. American Farm Bureau President Zippy Duvall says President Biden let farmers down last week when he vetoed a House-Senate resolution that would have rescinded the EPA WOTUS rule. Springtime in Texas usually brings severe weather. Tom Nicoletti checks in with the National Weather Service. Whether you live in rural Texas, suburban or urban areas of the state, when severe weather is approaching, uh, you need to have a plan. And uh, these uh, spring months uh, certainly bring uh, severe weather, uh, typically do. And uh, National Weather Service meteorologist Tom Bradshaw uh, has some advice from Fort Worth. Tom? Well, Tom, it's great to be with you again. You really hit the nail on the head. You have to have a plan. We live in Texas, which is one of the most severe weather active states in the country, and we're in the most weather active time of the year, severe weather active time of the year. So we have to have a plan. And what does a plan mean? A plan means that you know how to get warning information, either from the National Weather Service or from some other trusted source. And second of all, you know what to do with that information. If you do get the warning, do you know where to go? If you're at home, do you know how to protect yourself from being the safest location in your home? If you're in a place of business, a store, some other place away from home, do you know what you need to do in case a warning is issued for your area? So knowing what to do, knowing how to receive weather information, and knowing how to protect yourself are the two most important things that folks need to to explore. A lot of resources on the National Weather Service website, uh, as well as a lot of our media partners, provide a lot of further preparedness information this time of the year. So just take a minute and and browse that information and start putting your plan together now while you have time so that when weather does hit, you know how to prepare, you know how to react and how to keep yourself safe as well as your family safe. On our next program with National Weather Service meteorologist Tom Bradshaw, more on preparing and reacting safely to potential severe weather in Texas during the months of April, May and the first half of June. I'm Tom Nicoletti at the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Rainfall has been spotty around central Texas. Dr. Shane McClellan has an update from McLennan County. North and south of McLennan County has received several rainfall events that just seem to miss the center of McLennan County. There is about a 45-mile gap between these rainfall events that have passed through multiple times. From west Texas to just north of Temple, there is a much drier area. We have received some timely rains in Central Texas, especially in January and February of 2023, but we are well short of our average expected rainfall. Comparing the 30-year average to our received rainfall since January 1, McLennan County is still 6.3 inches below our expected rainfall from January 1 through March of 2023. And March was very dry as we were 4.43 inches below our monthly average rainfall expected for March. And if you look back 365 days, depending on where you live in McLennan County, you can be either negative four to negative 16 inches below your expected rainfall for the past year. 
we know fields look really good with the rainfall that we we haven't gotten since we've missed these these passing showers lately. We also have missed out on damaging storms. Now that is a positive. You do hear of some damaging wind and hail in some of these storms that have been in our area. So if you've missed the rainfall, you've probably missed out on those storms as well, which is is a, a good thing. Most of our wheat notes are headed out now and entering a very vulnerable and fragile point in the growing season. Uh, we want to avoid hail, high winds, uh, and, and even extremely hard rain. Cotton planting will be underway very soon in Central Texas. It would be better if we had just a, a little bit more moisture available to plant cotton. Now, some of our farmers have said that they're going to wait just a little while, not get in a big hurry, and see if our moisture conditions improve before they plant. Corn and grain sorghum are growing out of the freeze damage that we had from the March 19th frost event. It looks good. Damage was minimal. Our annual small grain fill day is coming up on April 20th. We're going to tour the extension variety trials, compare those varieties side by side, and then we're going to have presentations on IPM scouting, commodity market update, Eschen fly, fertilizing our small grains, and even a grain rescue presentation from Waco Fire. Call the McLennan County Extension Office for more information. Now that phone number is 254-757-5180. And again, uh, 254-757-5180. We'll get you registered and uh, reserve you a steak meal. You can attend that small grain field day on April 20th. This is Dr. Shane McClellan from Waco with Texas Ag Today. Most agricultural producers in the Texas High Plains are involved in raising crops or cattle. But James Hunt says there are exceptions, like bees. We don't talk about it very often, but beekeeping is part of agriculture in the Texas High Plains. One local beekeeper is Paige Nestor in Canyon. Each year, the 75 to 100 hives she maintains produce up to 5,000 pounds of honey. But Nestor says the big item she wants most from her bees is a substance known as propolis. It's what the bees gather to uh, glue their hives down with. It's basically glorified bee glue, but it is anti-everything. It is antiviral, antibacterial. They're using propolis in um, cancer research. I mean, it's used for uh, wound care, mouth care, fever blisters, you name it. It's been around for a long, long time. It is very much a healant. A healant and a key ingredient in the skincare products Paige Nestor sells through Creek House Honey Farm, the business she owns along with her husband, George. One of the key fundamentals of maintaining a business with bees is making sure the bees get all the nutrients they need. For the nesters, that involves working with local farmers, doing things like introducing their bees into cotton fields, where Paige says the bees' assistance with pollination appears to help cotton production. They do increase yields about 80% of what a scientific study showed a few years ago, so the cotton farmers really want us there. Alfalfa and sunflowers are among the other crops the nesters' bees interact with. To make sure there's enough nectar and 100 hives, you have to be moving them. We have to make sure that they're spread out so that they get enough of what they need. If you're interested in learning more about beekeeping, contact the nesters through their website, creekhousehoneyfarm.com. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The Texas Parks and Wildlife Department is gearing up for its annual catfish stocking in neighborhood fishing lakes. I'm Jessica Dolmel, and I'll have more coming up on Texas Ag Today. And snake bite treatments have varied over the years. 
We'll take a look at what you need to do if you get bitten coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. As we celebrate Earth Day 2023, we know that sustainability in agriculture requires our entire value chain to invest in our planet, this year's Earth Day theme. That's why we collaborate on best practices to protect crops, reduce inputs, conserve and regenerate land, and help keep fresh water clean, all while striving to reduce the climate impact of our own operations. This message is from Syngenta, investing in agricultural innovation that helps protect our planet today and tomorrow. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. We have featured a few stories this week on snakes here in springtime in Texas, so we thought it'd be a good idea to take a look at what you should do if you get bitten by one. Tom Nicoletti has more. Whether you are in a crop field, pasture, or in your yard, you may not be alone. With warmer temperatures and lush grasses, also come more snakes slithering around. So what should you do in the event of a snake bite? For answers, we go to Waco physician, Dr. James Sharp. And uh, Dr. Sharp, what uh, first aid treatment advice do you have for people if bitten by a snake? You want to assume that the snake that bit you was venomous. It's possible if your phone's convenient to you and you can take a picture quickly, that'd be great because identifying the specific snake is extremely helpful to the emergency personnel that are going to treat this. The treatment is going to be antivenom. That is the best way to block the irreversible damage that can occur with snake bites. But once you've done that, the best first aid for this is to try to find a cool place that you can sit down or even lie down in. Washing the bite site with some soapy water is good. Dry it off, put a clean dressing over the top of it. If you can comfortably elevate the site, that might be of some benefit too. If you have any rings or watches or bands, bracelets on an appendage that's been bitten, you want to remove all those things because you don't want them acting as a tourniquet from the resulting swelling. And people should also remain calm. Absolutely. It doesn't sound like the easiest thing to do, but you want to relax, breathe comfortably, let someone else do the work for you. If you have to be driven in as opposed to, say, an ambulance, then let someone else drive because one of the side effects of snake bites is lower blood pressure and you may become too lightheaded to drive yourself. That is Waco physician Dr. James Sharp. I'm Tom Nicoletti at the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The Texas Parks and Wildlife Department is gearing up for its annual catfish stocking in neighborhood lakes. Jessica Domel has the details in today's wildlife report. Grab your fishing poles and tackle boxes. The Texas Parks and Wildlife Department is gearing up to stock thousands of catfish at neighborhood fishing lakes across the state. From the week of April 14th through the end of October, TPWD will stock channel catfish every two weeks in five lakes in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, four in the Houston area, two lakes each in Austin and San Antonio, and one lake each in Amarillo, College Station, San Angelo, Waco, and Wichita Falls. The stocking will briefly be put on hold in the heat of August. The department stocks the catfish in these neighborhood fishing lakes to provide angling opportunities for everyone throughout the spring, summer, and early fall. Craig Bonds, 
TPWD's Director of Inland Fisheries said catfish are fun and easy to catch for anglers of all ages and experience levels. He said if you've never fished before, neighborhood fishing lakes are the perfect places to get started. If you're experienced, they are the perfect places to introduce a friend or family member to fishing. Neighborhood fishing lakes are stocked because they are conveniently located in city and county parks with ample parking, restrooms, lighting, and other recreational opportunities. Anglers can keep up to five catfish of any size per day. At some of the neighborhood fishing lakes, cleaning tables are available to make it easy to clean your catch. Children under the age of 17 may fish for free, but adults must have a fishing license. You can buy a one-day all-water fishing pass for as little as $11. To find a neighborhood fishing lake near you, visit neighborhoodfishing.org. That is neighborhoodfishing.org. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. Another record day for live cattle futures. Feeder cattle finishing higher as well. We'll check out all of Wednesday's livestock, cotton, grain, energy, and financial markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. As planting season begins across the country, the American Seed Trade Association reminds farmers to follow the basic steps for seed treatment stewardship. Follow directions on seed container labeling. Eliminate weeds in the field prior to planting. Minimize dust by using advanced seed flow lubricants. Be aware of honeybees and hives located near the field. Ensure that any spilled seeds are removed or covered by soil to protect wildlife and the environment. And remove all treated seed left in equipment. For more information, visit seed-treatment-guide.com or contact your seed dealer. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. It was another record-setting day in the live cattle futures market on Wednesday. That nearby April contract jumping another $1.97 to hit an all-time high of $174.27. June live cattle up 90 164.85, with August up 72 cents, 163.97. Feeder cattle finishing higher. April feeders up 12, 202.22. The May up 75, 208.57. With August feeder cattle up $1.40, 225.75. Cash fed cattle trades still quiet for the week. Packers bidding 175 live and 280 dressed up in Nebraska, but feedlots passing on those. Feedlots are asking 286 and better on dressed cattle up north. Here in the south, asking prices from the feedlots reported at 174 to 177. Boxed beef prices higher Wednesday, choice up 333 at 298.43. Select up a dollar for 283.08. Now let's check the auction barns. We're walking the pens with Larry Marble. Cousin Brian Lentzman sold cattle and sheep and goats in Seguin last Wednesday. Cousin Brian, how did you sell them? Uh, ended up with 554 head of cattle, two to three weights steers, dollar seventy-five to two sixty. Three to four weights, dollar eighty-seven to two eighty. Four to five weights, dollar eighty-seven to two sixty-seven. Five to six weights, dollar sixty-six to two thirty-seven. Six to seven weights, dollar forty-seven to a dollar ninety. Seven to eight weights, dollar twenty-four to a dollar sixty-nine. When you get to the heifer bay, two to three weights, dollar sixty-four to two twenty-five. Three to four weights. 
cents, dollar sixty six, two thirty one, four to five weight, dollar seventy three to a dollar for two thirty, five to six weights, dollar fifty two to a dollar ninety two and six to seven weights, dollar fifty three to a dollar seventy. Utility commercial cows from uh sixty three to a dollar, you know, average kind of eighty five cents. And uh, when you get to the bulls, top end of the bulls a dollar thirty today. Just had a couple of palpated cows, not very good quality, but five fifty to eight seventy five and pair same way, just four hundred to eight hundred. Cheap and goat mark good nannies up to three hundred dollars with the good kids bringing up to three forty uh weathers kind of went through the roof uh up to three twenty five on them show weathers still a few of them hanging around when you get to those door per use uh up to uh oh god 175 bucks with the lambs bringing up to 330 good and first first time in a long time we sold the barbado ram uh and it's one that they turned out on the hunt ranch but he brought a thousand bucks today so what do you know you know there's hope for everything out there that's right well tell everybody how to get a hold of you for next week you can give us a call at 830-379-9955 or you can give me a call on the cell phone at 830-305-0652 Brian, thank you a bunch talk to you next week all right you take care good luck neighbor thanks so much for listening to walking the pens here on the texas farm bureau radio network and this program texas ag today Back over to the futures market now, where lean hogs were lower Wednesday. April hogs dropped 75 cents, 72.30. The May contract down 85 at 81.52. Class 3 milk was higher. April milk up 13 cents, 18.75 a hundredweight, while May was up 34 at 18.25 a hundred. Stubborn inflation in Wednesday's CPI report pushed cotton prices lower, May cotton dropping 30 points at 82.45, July down 52 at 82.39, while new crop December was down 47, 82.43 cents. Corn market was mixed, old crop higher, new crop lower, May corn up 5 cents, 6.56 a bushel, September corn down 4 and 3 quarters at 5.62 and a half. Wheat complex was mixed as well. Hard wheat lower, soft wheat higher. July Kansas City wheat down three and three quarters, eight forty-six and a quarter. July Chicago wheat up three at six eighty-seven a bushel. In the energy markets, May natural gas down eight cents at two oh nine. May West Texas crude up a dollar eighty-two, eighty-three thirty-five a barrel. The financial markets lower Wednesday afternoon. The Dow down sixty-three points at thirty-three thousand six twenty-one. The NASDAQ down 92, 11,939. The S&P down 16 at 4,092. That wraps up our look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. I'm Kerry Martin. Hope to see you back here next time as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the U.S. of A., Texas agriculture. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.